Hey everybody, welcome to Investing with IBD. I'm Chris Gessel, Chief Content Officer for Investors Business Daily, and with me today is my good friend and colleague Justin Nielsen, who heads our research efforts. Greetings, greetings. And we're here today filling in for Arusha Paris. And uh, how how did he get this week off? Who let him go on vacation? Well, I can't complain too much since I was on vacation last week. So uh, I, I think you're the decision maker here. So your okay. fault. I'm going to blame you. Okay. <laughs> and uh, in your uh, time off last week, uh, did you run into any weather? Well, we did. Uh, we did follow Hurricane Barry on the way up. We were on a cruise, and so uh, yeah, that that made for an interesting Saturday night roll, I should say. <laughs> so you were on a cruise ship mm-hmm. near a hurricane. That sounds ideal, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, they're so big, you you hardly feel much. Well, that's uh, nice. Yeah, lots of thunder and lightning, though. It was a nice show around midnight. Well, so let's uh, talk about what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to start off with a market update and see what's happening with the market and where we think it's going to be going over the next uh, few days and weeks. The next thing we'll dive into is uh, earnings season is starting, and there's a, you know different strategies, things to remember in order to get the most out of earnings mm-hmm. and uh, avoid the pitfalls. And then we're going to take a look at a few stocks that are setting up ahead of earnings and maybe ones to really keep an eye on and if they gap out, uh, make plays with them, things like that. So let's begin with the market. And today uh, we saw a little softness in the market and we're, we're uh, talking on July 17th on Wednesday. And the S&P undercut it's 10-day moving average for the first time in a couple of weeks. And usually what we see when that happens is a little bit more market weakness. Right. And you know, for that reason, we did take our UPRO position off of leaderboard. You know, that was actually a very, very uh, profitable position that we've had for quite a while. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, given the run that it's had, this isn't unexpected. Right. It's not unusual. Uh, it's very natural and actually constructive for the market to take breaks uh, along the way. Yeah, because we're up 13% on the NASDAQ since the bottom, the very bottom of the of the correction at the beginning of June. So that's a lot. That's a big move in uh, you know, Just a six month's weeks. time. Yeah, six yeah. weeks, yeah. So we were seeing some... A uh, little bit of weakness over the the you know last few days where the market was in a very tight range and then would would start uh, easing at the end of the day maybe mm-hmm. down a half percent or something like that and after uh, hours speaking about earnings uh, Netflix reported it was right. down uh, around ten percent maybe a little bit more than ten percent I guess their subscriber growth numbers missed by a mile yeah they were looking at five million uh, as a target and came in at a Two point seven million. So I'd say that's for new streaming subscribers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give or take a million. We were close, right? <laughs> so in after hours trading, that pushed the Nasdaq below its ten day moving average. Right. And the reason that we talk about this is now the ten day is something that we use for short term market timing, especially like with swing trader. I mean, it, when the indexes are trending above their rising ten days, that's a good time to be going in and being bullish. And then when you start pulling back. And undercutting that 10-day, that's a time that you want to start uh, stepping back from the market as well and and maybe taking a few profits. It's not by any means, we're not saying the thing's rolling over. Right. It's just this is tactical mm-hmm. uh, movements. Yeah. It's it's kind of almost where you're, you're playing with 
how aggressive you are, you know, in the same way in a car, you know, you're not going to go pressing on the gas as you're going through curves. Uh, this is, well, <laughs> depending on what kind of car you have. Okay. I, I drive a Prius, so right. I don't. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you kind of are constantly, you know, just going with the market. And when the market kind of has these little pullbacks, you know, nothing major, could be very minor. You don't want to be getting super aggressive because then it's really hard to hold your positions through that. And, right. Uh, you certainly don't want to be doing a lot of entering uh, on the way down because you just don't know how far down it can come. It's much better to see that strength come back in, and that's why we like reversals so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's uh, I mean, a really good point. If you're easing up when you think the market is going to pull back and, and indeed when it starts uh, pulling back, then your head's clear. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, kicking yourself because you bought all these stocks right at the top, and now you're, you know, uh, further off your highs than you'd, you'd like to be. Because there are so many good opportunities when the market pulls back for a week or a week and a half, right. and then turns around. That's where you can really jump in and start making a lot of money quickly. Mm-hmm. Even better is if you're taking some of those profits on the way up, mm-hmm. and so you're kind of naturally freeing up some cash, lowering your exposure as you get extended, and then you have that, that free cash to deploy again once once you have another opportunity. So the other thing that we want to talk about is, you know, what's you know, what's the outlook for the rest of the year? Now, by I guess conventional measures, the the first quarter or I guess the first half of the year was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of that was the first quarter. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. But the the point that uh, you know we've made in the uh, online and in the paper is everyone's saying, "Wow, 2019! It's such a great strong year." Yeah, that's that's true, but it's really uh, kind of an artifact of timing and and that we had a 24% correction on the NASDAQ that happened to end a week before the new year began. So we've looked at uh, 20 to 30% corrections in the S&P and then what happens over the next six months. And when you, you know, we've got, I think, what, five of them going back to 1980 that we took a yeah. look at. So that's 40 years, uh, mm-hmm. not very many. You know, there's this, this would be the sixth. But still, you know, covering a 40-year period. Uh, yeah. and, and you were very specific for asking for the 20 to 30 percent, not over 30 percent. Right, because it, it doesn't make sense to compare like a 19 uh, or uh, 2007, 2008 type correction right. with uh, uh, a 20 percent correction when the market's down more than 50 percent. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a completely different beast. So we were looking for moderate bear markets. Mm-hmm. There were five of them. Uh, the average gain in six months after the bottom, I think, was around 34%. And I think we ended up uh, up about, what, 24% right. in the first half. Mm-hmm. So on a, you know, on a calendar basis, that's, you know, that's great. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, that's, a, that's a great year. <laughs> but after a correction, mm-hmm. uh, not so good. And I think the big thing that's been weighing on the market in this rebound has been the you know uh, the trade war and mm-hmm. all the uncertainty around that. In fact, we just saw a little bit uh, just yesterday because we had Balzun on leaderboard and Swing Trader, and that news came out uh, with Trump saying, "Well, this might take a little bit longer." And man, that thing dropped like a rock. Reacted immediately. So uh, again, to put the the current action in in perspective, um, 
we've we've had a 24% gain, as you mentioned, in, in the last, uh, well, the six months from the bottom. And that basically matches what happened at the October 2011 bottom, when we had all those global recession fears mm-hmm. in kind of July, the summer of 2011. Um, those are the two worst, you know, so far. Uh, you know, the, the next one is 1990, where it was only up 29%, but then from there you get 31%, 42%. That's that's a big difference. Yeah. So I guess the, the takeaway from all this is we've been lagging a little bit, and we think the reason the market's been lagging is because of fears over trade. So if that gets resolved, mm-hmm. hopefully sooner rather than later, then the maybe the back half of the year will really come to life. And uh, that would be that would be fantastic because remember when you step back and look at the market, uh, and if you take a look at the S and P five hundred, especially on a weekly chart, you go back to, to the beginning of two thousand eighteen and where we are now. Right, the S and P five hundred is up just four point three percent, something like that. Maybe over, even a little bit less after yeah, the close. Yeah, after today, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. So over more than eighteen months, mm-hmm. that's not much. Uh, uh, advancement. And so I think there is a lot of opportunity, especially in the broad market, uh, for us to really make a nice move here. And the other nice thing is that, you know, coming out of the correction, the S&P especially, uh, if you take a look at that chart, it broke out of a cup with handle uh, pattern, and it's still holding above that buy point. Uh, So that's all good, too. So I think there's a lot of things, you know, that would uh, indicate that there could be further gains to come. Of course, if the trade war just blows up and right. really pushes uh, different countries into recession, and then that you know catches up with us, then all bets are off. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are already kind of looking at the Fed as the the savior in some regards to you know cut cut rates and hopefully soften that blow. But as you've said a number of times, the, the, the seeds of recession have been kind of planted already. In a well, way. hopefully uh, that doesn't uh, <laughs> come to fruition. Right. The, the other thing I've been noticing about the market, and it's kind of, you know, uh, one thing I look at every day in the mornings when we're going through and just seeing how everything's setting up, there's a screen on MarketSmith RS line at new highs. Mm-hmm. And it's a great tool. I, I find it really useful during corrections because that's the easiest way to find your leaders. When the market is going down and you've got growth stocks that are outperforming the, R, the, the S&P, therefore their uh, relative strength lines are at new highs, that's just like a, a huge billboard saying, put this on, put me on your watch list. Uh, I could be a big leader. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's how we found a lot of the, the big names in the first quarter. Uh, but I still look at this list all the time just to kind of get a feel of what's moving in the market. And lately, I've been noticing not everything, but there's a fair number of what I would call kind of um, pokey leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is Tetratech. It's a pollution control services company. Not it, typically what you think of as growth industry, right? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, you know, I think that the numbers are probably in the low double digits or something like that. Mm-hmm. And But it's up. Uh, you know, more than 20% since it broke out a few uh, few weeks ago. Scott's Miracle Grow, another of the big growth names out there, and and that's SMG as the ticker symbol right. on that. Huh. So that's our uh, its RS line was hitting a new high today, and another one that caught my eye was Brown and Brown Insurance Brokers. Mm-hmm. Insurance brokers are a close second to big. <laughs> 
financials, as in J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, and and the like. Those uh, these huge financial stocks that get a lot of attention, but they don't really outperform the market. So anyhow, when I see insurance brokers on the the uh, RS new high list, that's another sign. But uh, on the other side of the thing. Uh, page, we've got Pogsagura, which actually has been going vertical. So if anyone owns that, you might be looking at uh, taking some money off the table. Coupa Software, one of our big leaders uh, early on, continues to hit new highs. It's been acting really good, and its RS line is hitting new highs. And Adobe, its RS line was at a new high. So it's kind of a mixed bag, but um, I guess when Whenever I see Scott's miracle grow on that list, right, you, you start pausing, huh? Right, exactly. And yeah, I think Scott's miracle grow. I mean, just to kind of reiterate your point, it's got an EPS rank of thirty. You know, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. It would never be on my on my uh, action list. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so with the market, we, we think the market is uh, poised for a pullback. No sign yet of anything more serious than that, but it's a time to be a little defensive and take some money off the table and get ready for the next uh, the next move up. Mm-hmm. Distributions raised a little bit on the Nasdaq, mm-hmm. but we don't have any big distribution. It's I think we only no. have one day that's down more than one percent. Everything else is, you know, and it's kind of spread out. It's not clustered. When you see it clustered, that really kind of changes the look of uh, things and how serious things might get. So just uh, we're expecting a pause more than anything else, but we'll see how that all plays out. Speaking of a pause, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to dive into IBD's five key tips for playing the earnings season, which is just kicking into high gear. We'll be right back. Want to find stocks like the ones on this podcast? A lot of the best names we talk about come from IBD's exclusive stock lists, like the IBD 50 and the Big Cap 20. Whatever kind of investor you are, we got a list for you. You can access every one of IBD's lists, plus stock ratings, exclusive analysis, and one-on-one coaching with a membership to IBD Digital. It costs less than a dollar a day, but for podcast listeners, we're offering an even better price. Go to investors.com slash podcast offer right now and get your first two months for only $20. Hey, everybody. We're back. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about earnings season and how to profit from it and avoid some of the pitfalls. So there's really five things that we want to talk about. Justin, why don't you kick it off with, the, I guess, the main point yeah. in earnings seasons? The main point is don't buy immediately before earnings. Uh, if you're looking at a week before earnings, it's just, it's just too risky. You know, it's very hard to get too, you know, enough cushion before that time and earnings are just they're too volatile you know once that earnings report comes out there's a lot of reassessing uh, the way the way things used to be was yeah. you know you would have the earnings report would come out and a lot of the analysts had kind of already talked to management and they had the whisper numbers and you know everyone kind of there was no big surprises a lot of times um, now after regulation FD that's fair disclosure came out in 2000 uh, that kind of changed things. You know, management, you have to be quiet. You can't give someone information that you're not sharing with the whole public. Uh, so that keeps things fair, but it also keeps things to where... Painful. And painful, <laughs> right. The, the information, you know, is, is not flowing freely and it just comes out. And so all of these people are trying to make an assessment uh, immediately of what those numbers mean. Sometimes 
you know, you see a lot of volatility afterwards where they're like, oh, that's really bad. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe it's not so bad. There was currency, you know, fluctuations or there, there's just a lot of, I think, snap decisions and uh, analysis that can change and it. It it can be tricky. Actually, if, if there were one regulation I would overturn, it would be Reg FD because it doesn't actually help anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a good idea. I mean, I, right, I, right. I, I like a, the idea behind, you know, fairness. It just has the unintended consequence, right. unfortunately. Be- because before that, in the 90s, even, I mean, that was a, a wild time in the stock market. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't recall any earnings gaps, you know, especially down gaps, uh, sell-offs uh, from investing at that period. Because the reason was that the bad information that would have been released in earnings and hit everyone at once had kind of been trickled out. And so stocks mm-hmm. that were doing okay, now they were already starting to roll over. They weren't acting right ahead of earnings. And so either you were selling them or you just they just never got on your radar to begin with. So uh, th- that was such a, uh, a huge change and such an unintended consequence, which uh, I still wish it never happened. Mm-hmm. But We've come up with ways to deal with it, and one is one: don't buy ahead of earnings. If you're if you absolutely want to buy a stock ahead of earnings, we highly recommend that you use an option. And typically, really with a with a stock that uh, you think is going to be a potential leader, it's like you really want to be in this. It's in a first or second stage base, and uh, you just don't want to wait and chase it on on an earnings gap. So in that case. Options are a pretty good deal, but again, they can be expensive, and you don't want to buy a whole position with an option. Mm-hmm. And and people need to understand that we're really not trying to make a profit off the option itself. It, it's really you want to own the stock, and you're willing to buy it at the strike price, and you know plus whatever premium you know you're you're paying up for it. But it just allows you to participate if it does have a nice gap up or you know moves from there. It allows you to participate while capping your risk, right? Making so, it so that you don't, you know, have a twenty percent gap down that you just can't do anything about. And the reason for that is because when you buy an option, the most you can lose on the option is the amount that you paid for the premium, right? And, and we that's always a fraction of the price, right? So we always take the premium cost, and let's say it's a hundred dollar stock, and the premium is four dollars. Well, mm-hmm. four into a hundred is four percent. We're we're okay risking four percent, especially on a partial position. That's not a big deal, uh, and and that's that's kind of the thought process on mm-hmm. why we use these. You know, a lot of straight option players would say, "Well, why would you be buying an option right ahead of earnings?" The the implied uh, volatility is going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And back to your earlier point, this is really a way to just you know we're, we're trying to buy the stock. It's not really an option play. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's one way to get in ahead. The the other is just buy the earnings gap. So right. tell me what what's your typical approach when you buy a stock on an earnings gap? Well, you know, and this is kind of getting to another point here. First of all, you have to do your homework. You have to be ready, <laughs> right? You have to be looking at okay, what's out there that's setting up, and what could potentially what what's coming out with earnings, and what could potentially move above an area of resistance. So. Uh, sometimes I'll have maybe six stocks that I'm looking at at one time, and I'm just looking at how do they open? You know, do they? How's that first minute? How's that first five-minute bar? How's you know where does it go from there? Is it gapping up 
and holding on to those gains and even adding on to them? Or does it gap up and then slowly, you know, turn into a red candlestick and it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's below the open, it's at its lows, and that's not what you want to see. Right. So typically in those first few minutes of trading, you want to see the, the, the stock uh, holding on to its gains, maybe adding on to them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Basically, you 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 want a uh, an an arrow up bar, meaning the close is higher than the low in the bar, and all that kind of stuff. So and higher than the open, uh, a lot yeah, of times. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the other thing is, when you see a big reversal in a, in the first five minute bar, that is a bad sign, and that stock may just keep reversing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then, you know, later on in the day, you could even wait till the first hour or wait till the close. Mm -hmm. And if it's holding and doing very well, go ahead and make the purchase because we know that big uh, breakouts on earnings, breakaway gaps, even when they seem so extended, those are stocks that will often make big, big moves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, this is something that we especially really got drummed into us when we were doing our breakout stocks uh, index research. And there were so many of those stocks that were up so much. And yeah, it would be scary to buy them. Um, and we found you know, putting them in an index was kind of nice, uh, not as scary. But there are so many of them that just keep on going, going up and up. Or they might consolidate those gains for a little while. And that can even give you another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Let's say it just kind of holds tight for a few days. And then it could potentially give you another entry point. So you can always use options, just buy the breakaway gap. But another thing you can do ahead of earnings, especially if you're holding a stock, maybe take some money off the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is something that a lot of people forget. It's easy to forget that one of our rules is taking 20 to 25% profits when you have them. Yes, every now and then you're going to have that stock that could be a potential big winner. That's what you call your conviction stock. Uh, but don't treat every stock like that. You know, Just don't think that you're always going to be hitting a home run. I made that mistake very early on, and Bill you know, quickly corrected me <laughs> very gently on that. I continue to make that mistake. <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it's, you know, and, and the mistake I was making was thinking that everything I touched was going to be gold. You know, now, granted, this was in my 20s, so of course. You know, um, but, <laughs> King of the world. Yeah, right. But you know, Bill told me, look, you know, I've been doing this for 50 years, and I only expect one or two out of 10 trades to be one of those big winners. The rest, I'm fine, you know, taking the 20% gains or cutting my losses real small so I can move it into something else that has bigger potential. Now, you kind of touched on this already, but uh, another thing you want to do going into earnings is build your watch list. Know, you know, it's one thing to kind of react the day of, oh, this thing is up big and maybe it's a breakaway gap. uh, But if if you really don't know what's going on with the stock ahead of time, and you don't understand the business, you know, the odds are against you that you're going to make some good trades. So it's really important. Well, then you're relying more on luck in a lot of ways. You know, oh, you know, I got lucky this time. And it's very easy to say, oh, I had a good outcome. So that was me being smart. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't do your research, yeah, you know, you have to kind of really look at what what was your process, you know, in getting that good outcome. And then finally, what what do you think is the final step in this whole process? Well, I, I here again, I remember a, a quote from Bill's book. You know, the, what was it? There's the there's the quick and the dead, or something like that. <laughs> um, you, you just really can't hesitate when you start seeing the stock move in a certain direction. You know, you have to realize that there is 
mass psychology in play here. There's a herd mentality, and that can build on itself. Information cascades is what they call it in behavioral economics. And so if you're on the wrong side of that thinking, oh, I'll just wait for a little bit to see if it gets better, that's not necessarily going to work in your favor. Or if it's going to get worse. I mean, when you when you're holding a stock that's now gapped down and you're making, you know, well, I've got a big profit on it. I can sit through this correction, mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, that's that's the other side of this. When there's a big gap down, maybe what everyone was thinking about the stock no longer is, uh, no longer applies. And if the market, especially these big mutual fund investors, decide they're done with it and they can just, I mean, that's when stocks get hammered where they decide, get me out at any price. I don't right. want to be a part mm-hmm. of this anymore. Yeah. It's like a bunch of people rushing out of a movie theater at the same time. You don't want to get trampled in that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, earnings season is just getting underway. There's been some bank uh, mm-hmm. earnings this this week. Uh, we mentioned Netflix earlier, so that was down after earnings. There's going to be, I would say, over the next week or so, there's a few interesting stocks, and we'll talk about them in in the next segment. But I think it's going to be a couple weeks before we really start seeing uh, more of the leaders coming up. So again, this is a great time to go and do your research right. and see what's coming up. Uh, and again, if you're, uh, we have in IBD in the paper and online. Uh, the earnings preview, and that gives you the you know earnings that are coming up uh, over the next week. And Market Smith, there's uh, er, you know upcoming earnings as well. And you know I'll just click on composite rating, and then just start working my way down and just seeing what's mm-hmm. interesting and setting up. So yeah, doing that that homework ahead of time is so key. And and keep on asking yourself those key questions, you know, as you're going into an earnings season. How's the market? Uh, sometimes er- earnings seasons will have their own little personality. Mm-hmm. There's some that are like very forgiving of bad news. Um, there's some that you know, the stock will go down if the CFO coughs in a weird way. Uh, <laughs> it, it just doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter what, it, you know, you blew out earnings, but it still got killed. Um, so, you know, what kind of environment are, are you in? How's the market? How extended is it? Um, what is the group like that you're looking at? Uh, we had the rail stocks. CP, Canadian Pacific, you know, C- Canadian Pacific was great yesterday. CSX, not so good today. I think it was down 11% or something like that That's at some point. That's a big move for a railroad. For a railroad stock, right. So, um, you know, what's what's going on in the group, you know, uh, with competition, that can kind of give you a sense of what might be happening there. And, you know, what are the stocks looking like? What are the setups? If you're looking at stocks that aren't setting up properly, why even why even bother trying to play? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the easiest way because, you know, looking at charts tells you so much and can really filter out a lot of things that aren't aren't even worth your time. All right. So, with that information, we're going to look at uh, a few stocks that are setting up ahead of earnings and where the numbers might be looking good, and we're going to dive into those right after the break. Hi everyone. First, I want to thank all of you for listening to the podcast and your support. And I wanted to let you know that we want to hear your thoughts. And if you have questions for us, we will answer them on the podcast. Email us at investingpodcast at investors.com. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcasting platform. Welcome back, everybody. 
to Investing with IBD. I'm Chris Gessel, and with me again is Justin Nielsen. So, Justin, we're going to take a look at a few stocks that are looking pretty good of head earnings, and we'll be reporting earnings over the next week or so. First up is a defense stock, and defense stocks have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Well, yeah, you had uh, there was a while there we had LMT, uh, Lockheed Martin, you know, popping up on our screens, and um, you know, it, it, the group seemed like it was doing pretty good, and uh, H uh, HXL. Uh, Hexel was one of them. Now it broke out. It, I, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, they were they were talking about guidance in in late May, and that's something that spurred the breakout. And it's uh, it's out of its buy range. It's you know traditional buy range at this point. But what these guys do is they do uh, air, aerospace uh, composites uh, for airplanes, and especially with the U.S. Uh, Department of Defense increasing their budget, you've got the F-35s mm-hmm. out there. Uh, they're involved with that. Um, so. I think it was like I think I read somewhere it was like a hundred and sixty six percent increase in the budget for for airplanes or something. So, given that the the composites, you know, as what what Bill would call a cousin stock, you know, you have, um, you know, like when the jet airliners were doing very well and with commercial flight coming on, Monogram Industries was doing very well because they created the toilets that went into the planes. Um, so I think they're doing more than toilets. <laughs> well, that was a, a big thing. I, I just remember him always telling the story of the toilets there. Right. Um, so Hexel here is basically, if you look on a weekly chart, it's kind of created a three weeks, uh, three weeks tight here. And depending on how this week ends, it could actually be four weeks tight if it closes in the 81 area, 81, 82 area, it could be four weeks tight. And it's reporting Monday uh, after the after the close. Uh, its conference call is going to be ten o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Pacific. So that's, that means it's during market hours. Hmm, so that's, that's just something that happens sometimes where you'll be you know going along and then the conference call happens and something can you know come out in the conference call. So sometimes you have to be very cautious in that time before the conference call. So that's just something to be aware of here with Hexel. Yeah, and when when I look at this stock, I mean. I, I I don't expect this to be a huge winner. This is something where you could you get you know ten fifteen twenty percent on, you know longer term. You know it's got a fairly flat relative strength line, although it's been outperforming the S and P since uh, you know the beginning of the year. So again, it's not a huge winner. This is you know a, a trader, a twenty percent or however you want to refer to it. But you know that the the numbers are. Kind of good. They've been uh, accelerating from twelve percent, thirteen percent, seventeen percent, twenty-four percent earnings growth over the last uh, four quarters. Sales have also been accelerating up to thirteen percent. So they're solid numbers, not huge numbers. And uh, the estimate is is for nineteen percent earnings growth. So if they beat that and they're you know in that twenty you know low twenty percent range. That would be, uh, you know, kind of interesting. And again, it's all going to be about the guidance and and also mm-hmm. what's happening in the market as well. Right. Yeah. That's a big. That's a big factor. If we're amidst a pullback now, sometimes that can work to the benefit of the aerospace, defense. You know, some of these kind of counter cyclical. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we we had a, a big move in Kirkland that was kind of, you know, counter to what the market was doing at some points, and then it seemed like it was. Uh, working with the market too, <laughs> so I just <laughs> I that, really that, didn't that. care. <laughs> um, but you know, be be aware of those industries that can kind of you know sometimes act in a, a manner that's different than the market. 
Uh, yeah, especially if we think the market's going to be uh, soft for uh, a week or so. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's uh, Hexel, HXL. The next stock we want to talk about is EDU, and that is New Oriental Education. This has been a um, a leader on our list for many years. It comes on and off, and mm-hmm. there's also a companion stock, uh, TAL, Tal Education. And do I have that name right? Is it Tal? Yeah. Um, they, they had a symbol change. I remember... We had yeah. it uh, on Swing Trader as a different symbol. I can't remember. It was. It began with an X, though. Um, yeah. So uh, we've been watching EDU. Uh, it's been on our watch list on Leaderboard, uh, but hasn't acted really well. And part of it because it's a Chinese stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whenever there's a little bit of uh, nervousness over the the trade war, those are the first to go. But uh, tell me, tell me what the the outlook. Uh, is for EDU right now. Well, and one one thing that happened on EDU, you know, just to be aware, is that in that in that Q4 correction of 2018, it did have a deeper base than we normally like to see. So it was over 50 percent. Usually, things over 40 percent, uh, that's getting excessive. But one of the positive things is it kind of formed this nicer, tighter base after that. So that's that's kind of a benefit of you know letting letting it kind of play out, uh, letting it kind of make make a little bit of a move from there. Um, this is a much tighter base, uh, much much more, it just, let's see, it went from like a, a high of maybe 97, 98, down to 80. So mm-hmm. a much more mild correction, kind of forming this this cup shape. Tried to break out of that cup without a handle, and it failed. You know, But that kind of sets up another potential entry here. So it kind of almost formed a handle, which is it's it's fairly typical. Sometimes you'll get that where it's it's just a little bit premature on that breakout. It needs a little bit more time, and so here again, the earnings could be a catalyst here. If it, um, you know, education in China is is a big thing. Whether it's learning uh, foreign languages, there's a lot of English uh, being being taught in these schools. Uh, a lot of preparation for. Uh, the, the the prep exams in in China, which are a very big deal, um, it's got the earnings uh, Tuesday before the open, so July twenty third before the open is when the earnings come out on this one. And the estimates are for sixteen percent growth, so that's below the twenty one percent it reported last um, quarter. Uh, again, if they beat, uh, you could you know see some acceleration. Sales are you know they they've been in. In the thirty percent range, in the forty percent range, and they've they've pulled back into the high twenties. So it's still a you know a, a stock that's growing pretty well on on the top line. Uh, it all depends on how it acts because it really seemed that it wanted to break out mm-hmm. and it poked above there. Maybe volume wasn't so great, and now it's pulled back. And it's these sort of second chances. If it gaps above that uh, that high from two or three weeks ago, that would be, uh, you know, an actionable uh, point to, to jump into the stock. Mm-hmm. So it is a Chinese stock. Um, you know, uh, just you, you have to know that. Uh, not something that would necessarily be affected by tariffs. Uh, it's not like they're right. doing goods or anything like that. that but more know. concern over uh, weakness in China's economy. Exactly, exactly. So that, that would be the issue. sending their kids to school. Right. Mm-hmm. Or at least to... Uh, mm-hmm. Um, now, also in the education realm is uh, Chegg, that's C-H-G-G, but this is actually based in Santa Clara, California. So this is kind of involved in education as well, but printing textbooks and uh, doing 
doing things with tutors, uh, teaching writing, um, test prep, uh, internships, all, all sorts of things like that. This is a newer company. Uh, it just, when did it come out? It was 2016. Oh, 2013. I, I, I thought it was much more recent, but it it was really 2017 that this it, got on our yeah, radar right. because it kind of formed this long, uh, long base. In 2017, it just roared, and so it just kept on going up uh, that that whole year and uh, through a lot of 2018 as well. So this is something that we've been watching for a while, and it's got a consolidation here. Now, again, we're looking at hopefully early stage basis here. So this is just a second stage base. Yeah, because it, it reset its uh, base count during the correction, and then it had a, you know, a decent move coming out of that breakout. And actually, it's it's actually broken out. It broke mm-hmm. out last week, and it had a nice, uh, powerful breakout. I think the, the volume was, um, I mean, a, a big blue spike, just what you want to see. So that was great. 164% and, above average. Right. And mm-hmm. so now this week, it's uh, it's held very tight. It's uh, just you know barely changed for the week. Mm-hmm. And uh, when does it report? Um, so that one I believe is uh, next Monday, not not the one coming up, but July 29th. Oh, okay, so the mm-hmm. last Monday in July. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it could be looking at a three weeks tight if it um, continues trading in the way it has been trading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we kind of like these. A lot of times, stocks will break out ahead of earnings and then pause and consolidate. And so, this would be your your chance to to uh, jump on it afterwards. And it's really right now; it's at the top of the five percent buy range, so it's not truly extended. And again, if uh, they you know uh, they follow up uh, uh, their pre announcement with uh, even better results, then that's that that could really uh, get the stock moving again, and this definitely is one with some some very high earnings earnings growth. Uh, it's got an EPS rank of ninety nine. The growth rate, the three year uh, five year growth rate, is one hundred twenty eight percent. So that's one hundred twenty eight percent annually. You know, just imagine if you were doing that to your salary. Right? You know? <laughs> um, so that that's a pretty high bar, and and you know, quarterly numbers have been looking great. Um, you know, Although they're not. Super profitable, so they're still. I mean, yeah. the last the last mm-hmm. quarter, they they earned fifteen cents, so they're coming Earnings off a low right. uh, base, which is one reason why the numbers look pretty good. But the sales numbers are are solid. I mean, mm-hmm. they're in the thirty thirty percent two quarters ago, twenty seven percent last quarter. Uh, not that big of a company, uh, five billion in market cap, sales of three hundred forty two mm-hmm. million. So. You know, it can be a you know a little a little more volatile, but mm-hmm. there's I mean, the alpha on this stock is 15, mm-hmm. and so alpha uh, when we talk about alpha and beta, alpha measures how much a stock moves independent of the market, and we like to look at stocks where the alpha is over 0.1. Mm-hmm. So when we say 15, I'm sorry, 0.15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's a good sign. And and it does you know. For being a small company, it still does have that liquidity. It trades, you know, 1.4 million shares uh, a day, and it's you know it's not a cheap stock. It's 43 dollars, so that's respectable. So that's that's a decent amount of dollar volume. So this isn't something where you feel like institutions aren't able to play in the field. You know, this is you know got some some liquidity to it. Right, and even when it was going sideways, uh, there was net accumulation by in. Uh, 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 different uh, mutual funds and other mm-hmm. other institutional investors. So 
They've had uh, 163 new buyers, 240 added to their position, and 245 reduced positions. So, you know, net positive accumulation. So that's always a good sign, especially when a stock is going sideways as it has for the last few months. Mm -hmm. And you see that in a very positive up-down volume number. Uh, that's 1.9. So that's that's phenomenal. So. Those are the, the stocks we suggest you take a look at uh, coming into the next week. That's Chegg, C-H-G-G, uh, E-D-U. Uh, I always forget, because we, we only talk about stocks with tickers. <laughs> New what Oriental is? Education and <laughs> Technology, I think. Uh, and then Hexel, H-X-L mm -hmm. as well. And after that, then we'll start seeing more of some of the big name leaders uh, coming out and reporting their earnings as well. Microsoft is this week, uh, so yeah, you know that's a big weight in a lot of the indexes, and so it's worth kind of noting what happens there because that can affect uh, what's happening with the indexes themselves and kind of set the tone. Right. Yeah, and and that's a good point because as we kicked off today's episode, the market's acting a little, you know, soft pulling back somewhat, and that'll be interesting to see how some of these big names affect the market indexes. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us today. Uh, it was always fun to come on and uh, give Arusha a hand, even when he's not here. But he'll be back next week, and joining him is Dan Fitzpatrick. He's president of Stock Market Mentor and StockMarketMentor.com. So thanks for listening, everyone. And happy trading. And for this week's Nilton Charts, make sure to go to Investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.